Hey ladies, it's your favorite dating coach here. Do these titles sound familiar at all? Uh, what to do until love finds you. Secrets of an irresistible woman. What are the three biggest mistakes women make in relationships? <laughs> hey, what's up ladies? So today I'm gonna show you guys 10 ways to make a guy weak for you. So how do you become a high value woman that men will never want to leave? Coming up, a year and a half ago, she said she was fat, broke, and miserable. Now she's happier than ever. How'd she do Hey everybody, welcome back to Land Your Man. This is episode nine. And today we have a special guest. It's my dear friend from college that I've known for over a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> or at least since 2001. That is such an accurate number. I know, a hundred years, right? <laughs> I'm here with my friend Alea today. Alea, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me. This is an incredible experience for me because I love your podcast so much. Oh, I love that you're a fan. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So tell tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, because you can do it better than I can. Tell them yeah, about, well, all of the well, things that you I, do. You would probably do it better than me. <laughs> who am I? Who am I deep inside? I am a woman of a certain age, and <laughs> um, no, <laughs> um, I live in Los Angeles. Yes. Um, I am a creator. I'm a actress, a jewelry designer. I love to sing. We love that. I am a mother, a partner, and a friend. You know, I'm a friend. And I really treasure that in my life. (laughs) You are an incredible friend. (laughs) And mother and partner. One of my exes. Oh, thank you. One of my exes used to make fun of how much of a friend I was and like how important friendship was to me. And she was like, you know, on your tombstone, it's going to say, here lies the world's best friend. And she was like kind of throwing shade. I was going to say. And it's funny because. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it sounds horrible. (laughs) You're such a good friend. (laughs) You're you're not successful. You're a good friend. And I'm like, wait, but that's really good for me. Like, <laughs> I'm actually really happy about that. So that's maybe you and I, I are in a good fit. Right? That's something I like about myself. So, oh my God, that's so weird to be I know. kind of critical of something like that. Uh, probably why mm-hmm. that person is an ex, maybe. No? Yes. A little bit. Hence, yes. Just a little Indubitably. <laughs> Bye. Uh, t- so tell us about your jewelry because I love your jewelry and it's something that our listeners can go and purchase. So yes, how do they go yes, do that? Yes, So um, they sure tell can. Tell us about um, it. So I sure will. So my jewelry line is called Trust Fund and it's a fun play on words. Um, it's T-R-U-S-S-E-D. F-U-N-D. So if you Google that, you will find my Instagram, you will find my website, you will find my Facebook. 
and just, you know, you'll get an idea for the day-to-day in design. And it's interesting. So one of my dear, dear sister friends, Effie, Efstathia Tanji, she and I, she was one of my first friends when I moved to Los Angeles. And so she and I were both actresses and we became fast friends. And it's really funny because whenever we hung out, we were always very creative. Like we were just constantly like thinking of things to do and like designing together. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally we always wanted to have a clothing line, but neither one of us were seamstresses and we didn't have any seamstresses or tailors in our community of people. It was just kind of like, uh, you know, how, how do we do this? We had all these ideas, but we didn't know how to execute them. One day we were talking to another friend and they were just like, well, why don't you just start small? And it was funny because she and I would always gift each other jewelry as most girlfriends do, right? You know, if it's a birthday, Christmas, whatever, that's what we do. We gift each other earrings, necklaces, bracelets, whatever. And for me, yeah, like whenever I get a piece of jewelry from a friend, it's like so special to me. Um, Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're a good friend, Right, right, <laughs> honey. We, I we shade. Listen, we're tapping into that gospel right now, okay? Because <laughs> if you a real friend, you know how to touch a heart. That's right. <laughs> With some jewelry. With some jewelry. So, so yeah, so we were both kind of like, oh, well, wait, why don't we start with the jewelry line? Let's start with this. And we came up with Trust Fund because we wanted like a clever way to express that, you know, we as women, we wanted to create a legacy for ourselves and for our, for our families and, you know, generations to come or whoever started to work with us. You know what I mean? We wanted to... Right do that and so you know we thought that the name trust fund would be great you know because it's it automatically right people hear that and they're like oh who well do you have one you know and it's like it it has this connotation to it of of luxury and also of you know it's like a lifestyle it's all these things and so we thought that would be an intriguing provocative name for the line and so yeah, we've been doing it for about five years now, and it's evolving. You know, we're kind of in a place now where we're just trying to figure things out. You know, our lives are a lot different than they were back when we started. You know, um, she has three kids. I have one, and I am going to be, you know, moving my whole family. We're moving to the East Coast um, in the next few months, and so we're just trying to figure out how to keep things alive, you know, or maybe it may take a, maybe we take a break. I don't know. So, you know, we're in this place, but it's interesting because we're still creating together and that's what's most important. You know, I feel like that's what our friendship is all about. And that's what the jewelry is all about. It's about being creative and having something that you love to wear that makes a statement, but it's not intimidating because I found I found that with a lot of people like I love wearing loud jewelry or loud colors but some people don't want to be loud they just want to feel good so yeah that's well that's yeah I feel what I love about the jewelry is that a lot of it you can personalize but even 
the mm -hmm. pieces that are not necessarily personalized still feel very individual. You know, it's like you still feel mm -hmm. like you have something that only you have. Um, right. It's a, it's a really great concept. And I know like one of my most valued pieces of jewelry is one that Elisa, you know, she gave me one of the necklaces with our initials on it. And mm -hmm. I just, I love this necklace. I wear it all the time. And it oh, just, I love that. you know, she's there in LA and I'm here, but it keeps us close together. And it's just, it's just nice to have something like that. So I'm definitely going to include a link um, so that people can check you out. And you guys are at farmer's markets and things like that as well up in LA pretty frequently, aren't you? Is that still a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's still a thing. Um, it's funny because again, like since like with our lives and our, cause my, so Effie has, she has like a whole other business now and a whole other world with, you know, she's designing candles and she's doing consulting work and she's just like, doing all kinds of stuff so it's interesting because we don't have as much time to do markets like every single weekend and we right. also we're trying to figure out how to work smarter instead of working harder and just to you know use our time more efficiently and but we do events more so like i think i'll do a few more markets before i move but yeah we will do farmers markets or we will do things like unique la or artisanal la we went up to oakland and did the urban air market which was amazing so yeah we always post those on our instagram and whenever we do i also will post photos to shop the table um, mm -hmm. because when we do events, we mark things down by 20% or 15% so that, you know, whoever's around and paying attention on social media, they can kind of shop with us. If you can't physically be there at the market, you can shop the market. Right. Right. So, yeah. Um, okay. Well, I will definitely, I'm going to link all the stuff in our notes and, uh, we'll just revisit at the end, like your Instagram and all that stuff for the listeners. So... <laughs> Alea, I invited you on today because I've known you for a very long time. And, you know, in the past, we've discussed our relationship woes. Yes. And talked a little bit about, you know, our experiences with dating and with men. And the podcast is obviously we're reviewing and we're also trying to meet a partner. You know, like part of the goal is all of this education and all these books that I'm reading I'm learning so much about myself and about what I want and what I don't want defining things in ways that I never thought I would just based on all this information that I have now because of all I mean I yes. we're at like over 20 books that we've covered oh and that God. we've read and that we've you know studied and talked about so if I'm not a relationship expert by now, I don't know who is. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a relationship expert. I'm just reading books, guys. But so part of the reason that I thought of you to come on is because you landed your man and you landed Indeed. him on OkCupid. I sure did. You sure totally did. unexpectedly. Yeah. Yeah, and I just, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit because now you're like, you're booed up, you you have a baby. Booed up, booed up. 
yeah, like you're doing the thing and you know, that's your daily life now. And I just remember when we were all single together and running around like idiots, you know, well, not you, just me. Oh, remember me? Oh, I was a wild one. (laughs) Wild one. Uh, But you know, I mean, I think, well, I think we all still are. We still are. I don't think that part went away. No one can tame you. Yeah, I wanted you to kind of talk about that and your experience with that that journey of actually, you know, getting to I do because I was at your wedding and it was lovely and beautiful and just, you know, such a cool experience to like be friends with somebody for so many years and then share that day, you know, you and Elisa both just being able to be there for two of my best girls, like most special day. It's just, it's just so magical. So tell me, how did you meet, how did you meet Dave and how did it kind of progress and how did it all happen? Well, it's funny because so before I even like hopped on to the online dating thing or whatever, I, it's funny. I, I never really thought that I my life would end up the way that it is now. It, it, uh-huh. It's it's bizarre. Like I I always just felt like you know because I I wasn't sure like I wasn't sure if marriage was for me. Let alone like having a kid, having a family. And it's funny they are all things that kind of organically progressed. Like in and maybe I was afraid to say I wanted them. I don't know. But so when I got online online dating, a girlfriend of mine had suggested I do it because I was very apprehensive and very like, uh, I don't know. This is, that just seems weird. Cause I had heard a lot of horror stories from other girlfriends that had done it. And I was just like, uh, and you know, at my heart, I'm kind of a hippie. So I, you know, I like things to happen organically and, you know, I, I love serendipity to just happen upon me. You know what I mean? Like right. that's just yeah. kind of who I am. So yeah. that's been my struggle with felt- online dating is just wanting it to just, I don't want, I want it to just happen and be natural and to flow. Yes. Yeah. Right. But it's funny because I feel like, you know, getting online and just creating that momentum mm-hmm. was the thing. Because I had gone on, oh my goodness, so many crazy and weird dates, and I learned so much, and uh, you know, just like the the craziness that happens is incredible. But it's funny because when I met Dave, I had quit online dating for maybe the third time, right? And then for some reason, I went back on because I was like, okay, well. I'll, let me get back on the horse. It's fine because I was in a point at a point where I really wanted something different. I was kind of like in a very experimental phase where I was just like, you know what? Like this is so like textbook crazy. I just mm-hmm. want to give it another try to see if I'm right. Like to see if everything is just history repeating itself pretty much. <laughs> right. So I was like, you know, let, let's just see. And so I went back on and I don't know what happened. I think either, oh, cause okay. Cupid will say, you know, this person is a good match for you or something like that. And 
I don't know if they said that to him and he looked at my page. I want to say he did look at my page first because I would rarely go seeking people out. I was mostly like, okay, who's checking me out? And then at times, if there was like a rabbit hole situation, then I would venture out and see like who was around. You know what I mean? But yeah, I was like, okay, let's see who checked out my page. And so he checked out my page and I was looking at his stats and his photos. And it was refreshing because his photos were different from anyone else's. Like, you know, you know, it's like you either have a guy who thinks he's incredibly hot and he's posting, Mm -hmm. you know, shirtless or, you know, like these commercially like, oh, I want you to objectify me kind of photos. Uh Uh-huh. Or Or gym selfies. Or gym selfies, right. Or it's just like complete weirdos that are posting themselves with, I don't know, like a big steak that they just grilled or something. You know Um, what I mean? And I'm like, "Uh, okay. So (laughs) I remember... First of all, most of the photos with Dave, you could barely see him, but you know, he was outdoors a lot. And so I was just like, okay, like this is cool. This guy isn't into himself because the last few guys I had seen were like narcissistic beyond belief. Mm. And I was just like, okay, this is interesting. And then I get to the third photo and I just laughed out loud because it's him and he's wearing a rainbow afro. Uh-huh. and a business suit and like the the comment underneath was just like business clown halloween costume <laughs> <laughs> and he had like a the red nose on uh-huh. and he, the look in his eye just cracked me up because he was like so serious but not like he wasn't taking himself seriously but he was just like i know i look ridiculous but i'm convinced that this is an amazing Halloween costume. Right, right. I'm committed to this. I'm, I'm committed <laughs> to this. I I died laughing. I was like, oh my God, this guy is kind of funny, you know? And mm-hmm. um, I was looking at his stats and it said that he was 6'4". And as you may have experienced, people lie about their, their size or People whatever lie about it is, they lie about their, their physical hair attributes, color. but men definitely lie about their height. That's a big one. They lie, right? That's a yes. it's a big one. And I'm That's a very a tall girl. Yes. yes. So I am just under six feet tall. And most of the guys that I had dated before that would say that they were six feet or six one. Some said they were five eleven. And when mm. they met me, they were shorter than me. Like literally all of them, except for one guy, they were shorter than me. Yeah. And even the guy who said he was six one, he was literally my height. Like we were nose mm. to nose. Mm. And it was always this thing of like, ooh, you're really tall. Oh wow. Oh wow. You're you're tall. Like every like five minutes while we would be on a date, wow, you are really tall. And I'm just like, oh my God. Okay. Who cares? You know what I mean? Right. So right. what? Obviously, that was, I was accurate on my statistics. What about you? You know, that's how I felt. So I was doing the math in my head and I was like, okay, so if this guy says he's 6'4", he's got to be at least (laughs) 6'1", (laughs) 6'2". And I was like, okay, 
you know what? I'm just going to reach out. And so I messaged him and I said, tall people unite, exclamation point. Uh-huh. That was the first all that contact. <laughs> that was our first contact. Call people, mm-hmm. tall people unite. And he wrote back and said, yes, indeed. And um, from there, I think I just quickly said like, hey, I don't like messaging on the app. Here's my phone number. If you want to meet up for a date or whatever, just text me. Mm -hmm. And so he texted me and we met up for a date. It was wild because I again, felt very refreshed once I met him because he wasn't this in-your-face type of personality. He was kind of like, he listened and he was quiet, but not too quiet. And I just remember thinking like, wow, I really like talking to this guy. Like he's not, you know, trying to get my status and like, what car do you drive and where do you live and how long have you been in LA and blah, 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 blah. Like it wasn't a scene for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was mm-hmm. just kind of like, yeah, you're a human. I'm a human. We're here on this date. Let's just talk. So he was trying and to get to know you. He he was. And it was in a <laughs> genuine way. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I was just like refreshed. And it was funny because after that, um, after that date, I was like, okay, you know, we'll see. We'll see about this guy. You know, I was like, I don't know. I don't trust anyone as far as I can throw him. And who knows if I'll ever see him again. But, you know, um, I'm down to meet up again. And he said he was down to as well. And the funny thing is, after that day, I started calling him the unicorn. Uh-huh. Because... <laughs> he was like a mythical creature because he was consistent. Like he said, I'll check in with you on Friday to see what you're up to this weekend. And he did like, uh-huh. I didn't have to come searching for him. He didn't have to come searching for me. Like it was just kind of like, Oh yeah. He follows through. He says what he's going to, he does what he says he's going to do. So he dubbed the nickname the unicorn. And still to this day on my phone, he has a unicorn emoji next to his name. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was it was interesting. Like I it's really funny, like just from one stage to the next. Everything about our process was completely different than anything before. And it threw me off all the time. You know, Uh like he didn't try to kiss me until like our fourth date and I think he had two beers in him and I remember telling people like he needed like two beers just to try to kiss me and what's wrong with this guy because I was so used to being objectified and like I guess kind of disrespected you know what I mean like I just didn't think that he was into me at all because he wasn't trying to sleep with me right away Uh uh-huh uh-huh and that, that was weird. That was weird to me. And I was like, but, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know? right. It's weird, but it's like what, it's what I'm longing for right now. I, I went on a date on Sunday night and I'd been chatting with this guy and he seemed super nice. We met up, we met for drinks and an appetizer and we we're sitting mm-hmm. there talking and I was having a nice time chatting with him. There are a couple of things in the conversation that I saw him light up and 
I was like, oh, he's really into this topic or, you know, and so it kind of flowed. And then we decided to go uh, over to Extraordinary Desserts, which is just right around the corner from where we oh, were. Oh, I love that place. Oh, Girl, God. chocolate, croissant, bread pudding. Oh. Oh, okay, God. anyway. So we walked over and then he just like grabbed me and tried to kiss me. And Mm-mm. I, it's like, if I feel it, I feel it. But sometimes to get to that place, you I need a build. Sometimes I don't need a yes. build. But I just wish that men had a better gift of intuition and of knowing, oh, we're not quite there yet. Because he's definitely a man I would consider intimacy with and I would consider kissing. But we just had dinner for like about an hour and a half. We had a drink and then we were walking to the next thing. And he just grabbed me and tried to kiss me passionately. And I was like, you don't know me. Like, you you know, there's you don't know anything about me. And so it immediately yeah, felt well, like no, he just it's wanted to have sex. It's like they have to conquer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Well, and it's funny because I, I feel like it's it's also um, some some people have a very hard time resisting the urge and just being patient with, mm-hmm. okay, let's just be with the here and now. Like, you know, I'm sure he was thinking like, wow, I'm like really tra- attracted to her. You know, her lip gloss is really sexy right now. Maybe I should go in. Maybe I should go for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, just just chill. You know, it's like we're not all we're not thirsty. Like <laughs> I've like going on dates where if I it had been a while since I'd made out with someone or if I hadn't had sex in a very long time, you know, then I would welcome that because it's like, oh, my God. Yes. I, I just I just want to bang. Yeah. But it's also like. No, like we're not all thirsty and wanting it. And like, how do you know that I even want? I don't know. Well, right. And that was the thing, because if somebody just grabs you and kisses you, it gives you very little time to, I don't know. Process. um, Yeah. Or to, you know, to even express how you're feeling or, or, or whether you're enjoying it or not enjoying it. And then so after the date. He basically tried to invite himself to my house. And I was like, listen, I'm not going to sleep with you and I'm not having you over to my house tonight. And he's like, oh, no, not for, you know, not for sex, just to hang out. We could watch Mandalorian and we and it's like, I don't I don't want to watch Mandalorian with you now because (laughs) I I just met you. I'm not you're not coming into my space until I invite you into it. And Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, it it's, um, I think talking about being thirsty and like, there's a time in my life where if a guy had kissed me on a date, I'd be like, oh, he must like me. But mm-hmm. I'm in a time in my life now where I'm like, um, do I like him? I don't mm-hmm. know yet. I don't know if I like him or not. And the fact that you take liberties like that without it just taking a minute and even seeing if it's something that the other person wants is just to me it's a bad sign now it's a red flag you know right um 
Yeah. And so nip nip that in the bud. But I just nip um, that right in the bud, honey. I did, and it's like it's like fine. He may he might have been attractive. He might have not been able to keep his hands off of me. I don't know. He might have just been, you know, just wiped away with ecstasy. But I was just sitting there like <laughs> so. Where'd you go to school? You know, I mean, I'm not, right. I'm not there yet. Um, so it just, well, and I don't know. I know. Well, that's the thing too, because it's like, it's, it's amazing that you are connected with that. And like knowing what you want is such a big part of just getting to know people and like letting people in, because I feel like that's a mistake that I've made over and over again was just not really knowing what I wanted and feeling like, you know, like, oh, like, like, oh, well, if he likes me and I'm attracted to him, then this should be good. Right. But it's like, well, no, you know, because like figuring out what you actually need from somebody and what you actually want from someone takes time and yeah sometimes you're just you're not ready to go in and it's just it's so funny because with Dave it's like I feel like I was still in that phase of you know kind of condition to the ritual right of yeah someone just going in for it and mind you too you know like I'm a very I'm a very sexual person so I, it's like I need to know that that physical connection is there before I want to go any further or spend any more time because right. adversely I have taken my time with people and then you get to the physical part and they're really bad at it. Right. And I'm like, oh, God, why did I – why – this isn't going to work now because, you know, you're a very selfish lover and I do not want to hang out with you ever again. <laughs> right. You don't want to do that again. No, I know. You know? It's, such a, it's such a dance. And it's like sometimes it just it happens just totally naturally and you don't even question it. It's just I feel an attraction. I'm going to go for it. And you do whatever you want to do. And other times, like the other night, I felt like this is a person that I actually – I'm enjoying spending time with and I want to get to know. And then when he just threw the intimacy in there so early on, it just made me feel like, well, it, this could be another situation where it's a man who that's all he wants. And then as soon as he gets it, he's going to be out. And mm-hmm. I am tired of that pattern. I'm tired of that pattern. Now, mm-hmm. when it's natural and it just happens, I'm not judging that. Like I've right. talked several times on the podcast about being intimate on the first date and not and letting that happen naturally as well but it just felt really forced the other night and it didn't feel good and I just felt like I'm in a different headspace about this than this other person and there should be some like kind of communication before we just dive in you know so yeah I don't know. I it but did you but, tell him though? Did you tell him like, hey, that was way too fast for me? Well, I told him when the after the first kiss, he was like, after the first kiss, he was like, that was nice. I said it was nice. I do like more of a build, kind mm-hmm. of get because I don't, I don't want to make him feel bad. It's not like he just oh, um, sure. 
forced himself on me or anything. You know, it's, he right. wasn't like, you know, it wasn't assault or, you know, it was like he just kissed me. But it was just not, I was not prepared, nor was I ready to, to go like be making out with somebody in that moment. But then when he tried to kiss me again, that's when I was like, listen, <laughs> I'm not going to sleep with you and I'm not inviting you back to my house tonight. And I felt he kind of deflated after that, you know, mm. and fine, I'm sorry. You know, these are my boundaries and this is where I'm at. So if you don't respect that, then we probably aren't going to be a match. Right. Um, because if you can't put on the brakes and realize, oh, this girl wants me to slow down and get to know her more. If it's just about what he wanted in that moment, then that's what it's always going to be about, you know? Right. Well, you so. know, it's it's interesting because I feel as though, you know, communication is, for me, is like the most important part of any relationship right like uh, and yes. your friendships which you know are the most important thing to me and yes you know relationships <laughs> right which are french they start out as friendships too and it's really should. funny because as right right and it's funny because when dave and i were dating you know and like the whole physical thing wasn't happening you know but he kept hitting me up and you know saying like hey let's hang out let's hang out and I wanted to I wasn't like just like oh this guy wants to hang out again I guess I'll do it I was like intrigued by this person because I was just like wow like they're just like so he he was so mysterious to me and I was like okay this is weird though because we've been out now I think we went out like four four times and like nothing had happened and it was also too because like I'm used to just a lot more commentary on my physical appearance, you know, and again, uh -huh. like that objectified thing. And it, I was just, I was used to that. So I was just like, okay, he's not doing that. Do I, do I like it? I don't know. Should he be doing it? I don't know. And it was just like this big question. There were a lot of questions in my mind. And um, a friend of mine had said, you know, maybe you should just fuck that dude and see what happens. And I was like, that's a brilliant okay. idea. You know what? I'm taking the reins here. And so I planned a seduction. And, um, you know, he hit me up like, hey, do you want to get together? Are you free at all this weekend? I said, yeah, I'm free Sunday. Why don't I come over and make dinner? Because in our chats, we talked a lot about food. And, you know, he loves food, but he hadn't really ventured to cooking exotic dishes in his kitchen like he pretty much made like spaghetti and and eggs and the easy uh -huh. things right right so i was like yeah why don't i come over and cook and you know I'll, I'll make us like a thai shrimp with um yellow curry you know and he was just like oh that sounds amazing and um it was really cool because that morning i had to work in the morning and so he called me and he's like hey i'm going to the farmer's market what should I grab? And that was like a huge slap in my face of like shock because <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, you want to proactively pick up the groceries? <laughs> like, oh this is God. amazing. And he's going to the farmer's market? Oh my God, you know? Uh -huh. So that was very cool. 
But basically, you know, I get to his house and we're cooking and we're sitting and eating and I just had to be brutally honest. And, you know, because it's kind of like when we were with this guy who, you know, just like rushed and kissed you all of a sudden and you're like, wait a minute, I was liking him and he kind of ruined it. You know, things are kind of ruined now. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, I like this guy, but I, I don't know. Like, I maybe I need him to be a little bit more aggressive and, you know, is this going to work? You know, I was like that in my head. And uh-huh. it was a very delicate thing to talk about because, you know, who brings up like before you've even really made out? Because we maybe kissed like once before this quote unquote seduction happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who who brings up sex like that? No one does. Like it's a huge faux pas. But I was just like, I'm just going to do it because I don't care. I need to just speak my mind. So I just asked him, I was like, so what's the deal? Like, are you into me or what? Are you attracted to me? Because like, if we are dating, like I, I need to know that you're attracted to me. And right. um, you only tried to kiss me like once. <laughs> uh-huh. And it was very refreshing for me. Like I was refreshed by myself because I'm like, oh my God, Alea, you just really said what you thought unfiltered and you just laid it all out there, you know? And right. I, I was just kind of like, okay, so what? What is it? And he said, he was just like, no, he's like, you know, that's really cool for you to say that because... You know, he's like, I was thinking about, you know, like, does this girl have any, what are her expectations? And, but he was just like, you know, things that in my past, things that start fast end fast. And I really think you're interesting and cool. And I just wanted, I just want to take you in a little more. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You're like. (laughs) Bazumba, zumba, 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 That's good. I'll like, allow it. I'll take it, unicorn. <laughs> you know, but it was really funny because I feel like that moment really set a tone for how we communicate, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like. You know, it's like, you got to just say, just say it, just say what you feel in that moment. Because first of all, he wasn't protecting your feelings by rushing you like that, A. Right. So you get what you give in life. And also, you know, I feel like we owe it to each other. You know, I feel like it's the respectful thing to do, you know, and of course it's like, I, I wouldn't come down on him. Like with Dave, I wasn't like, okay, you know what? You're weird. You're taking things way too slow for me, you know? But I was just kind of like, what's going on? Right. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Do you just want to be friends? Because I'm cool to be friends, but are you into me? You know what I mean? And I mean, it, it, I've never asked a guy that before, ever. Let alone like well, in I the very that, beginning though. stages. <laughs> I love that because right. it is, it's about communication and it's about saying how you feel and what you need. And, um, yeah. I've only yeah. recently become probably within, well, 
Since my mom passed, I've become very bold with how I communicate. I just say how I feel. And if people don't process it the way that they need to, to understand that I'm just saying how I feel, it's not a, you know, I'm not, um, it's not a judgment. It's not commentary. It's just, this is how I feel about it. Some people really appreciate that kind of honesty and some people don't. And Mm -hmm. I have to deal with the result of that. But I'm more comfortable knowing that I communicate my feelings as truthfully as I can. And so I've been trying to do that as much as possible in every relationship I have. And, and, you know, um, there's better, sometimes there's better results than others. But at the end of the day, it's I have to live with myself and how I communicate. And I feel like yes. by you just kind of taking the reins and saying what was on your mind, it kind of clarified some things for you and get, and probably hearing him say, I want to take you in some more and I actually want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. I can't, I mean, that's, I, I really want a man to say that to me. I want a man to say, you seem like an awesome person and I want to get to know you because when I meet a man, that's what I want. I want to get to know them. I want to know about their life yes. and their family and their what makes them tick and what they're passionate about and how much they're capable of loving me and, you know, what kind of breakfast they like and what's their favorite cartoon. You know, it's like there's all these little details about somebody that you want to get to know. And I feel like today's the way that things are set up today, we just rob ourselves of that because it's like we jump right into the sex stuff and then we jump right into okay well this didn't work out (laughs) because you know so um we should probably segue into the book now because i think it's a it's a good place to start talking about it because i think something that that you said is when we talk about how we're conditioned and what mm-hmm. I love about this book, because, okay, this this book is kind of a blend of, of the science of your sexuality, but also your experience of your own body, your own needs, and kind of changing what we're conditioned to think and feel and what we think we know. Yes. So Come As You Are is by Emily Nagoski. She is a doctor. This book is amazing, and I was blown away when I interviewed Jen Gonzalez, who wrote From Madness to Mindfulness. She told me that this was one of her favorite books on the topic, so I was really excited to dive in, and a little bit of background on the, the author. She has been a sex educator since 1995, and she was a peer health educator at University of Delaware. She trained undergraduates about stress, nutrition, physical activity, and sex. And she worked with sexual I, violence I prevention. Love how those are all, I love how those are all like connected too. Like when I was reading about that, I was like, but wait, you know, like your, your nutrition and like your past, and I know like you're getting back into it, but I was, when I was reading mm-hmm. that about her, I was like, oh my God. But all of these things are connected. Right. Sorry. Right. No, they are. And and I will read a passage that she says in a little bit about why she wrote the book. 
but so she has a uh, she has a master's degree in uh, counseling and psychology. She completed her clinical internships at the Kinsey Institute Sexual Health Clinic, and she has a PhD in health behavior. So she knows what she's talking about. And that was the whole point of this podcast was to start kind of breaking these books down mm-hmm. and like really figure out who's got the stuff, who's mm-hmm. really qualified to tell me how to conduct myself in a relationship and to conduct myself in a sexual relationship and to conduct myself as a woman who's dating. And, to, you know, because so many of these books just have a bunch of bullshit in them. This book is truly, I mean, I just feel like it's life-changing. She also has a podcast, which I just found out about. It's called The Feminist Survival Project. So if you go to her website, which I will link, all of these things are on her website. Um, She also has videos. Another fun thing that she has on the website is the workshop she so in the book she's got worksheets and she's got all the worksheets on her website for the book which i think is awesome because there's some really great i mean i love exercises i love doing exercises so in the book she's got the worksheets and something that she said going back to what you were saying about how all of those things are linked is she talks about She talks about why she wrote the book in the conclusion. And she says, do I think that living with confidence and joy and respecting everyone's sexual autonomy could could play a role in preventing cancer, solving the climate crisis or building world peace? Yes, actually. Mm -hmm. But that's another story. Mm -hmm. And I I love that because, you know, so much of the stuff that we read about self-help and about mindfulness and it all comes back to you to to how to how you take care of yourself and then that kind of spreads out to the bigger picture how you conduct your life how you conduct you know your own self-care routines and then that makes you more available and and a better person for the for the people in your lives that you're trying to show up for and so I think this book like just really kind of tackles a lot of that. Well, so, and I also wanted to segue really quick too with this I love that I am chatting with you about this book because you and I first met when you were directing the vagina monologues. Right. And that experience for me was like liberating and educational in so many ways, which, you know, continues to, you know, just evolve. Like I just, I feel like I continue to evolve and grow and I check back in with that experience and like, you know, who I was then. Um, And it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's amazing. So I I love that, you know, that we're doing this because this is the book, right? Because it's just like, (laughs) this is, this is it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this really kind of, it almost, it's like it picks up where the vagina monologues leaves off because she really, so she spends the first, 
almost half of the book talking about the science of your body and the science Mm -hmm. of sex. And she spends so much time reassuring women. The one thing that I underlined is, uh, am I normal? Under all these questions, there's Mm -hmm. really just one question. Am I normal? Because her her whole mission, I think, in this book, Come As You Are, is you're normal just the way you are. Yes. Whatever right. you've been told, whatever you think is, you know, is is not okay about your body, you're wrong. You're you're a biological creature. It your body was designed the way it was, purposefully, mechanically. Everything about it was designed to a T. There's nothing wrong with it. She does talk about certain kind of health things that might, you know, that you might need to look at and things like that. But as far as like does this is my vagina look funny? Are my boobs crooked? Are that you know these things are things that all women deal with and men. We right. all have body issues only because of what we've been told, not because they're real. You know, it's it's not real. Right. It's like we're being sold this bill of of goods and it's it's not right. So I I really love that. And so some of the things that I that kind of just that I loved about the book, she talks about, you know, your body parts and how they're organized and they're not organized in the same way for everybody. No. And to me, it's a real simple kind of way of looking at sexuality and how we see sexuality as masculine and feminine. And that's it. Well, there's an entire spectrum and Mm -hmm. people need to get educated about it because people are suffering because of a lack of education around these issues. Right. And we have the information. So the fact that people are still suffering about it and people are still subjugating people to suffering because they're stupid and they won't do the work is not okay. You know, we, the whole point of, I think being a human being is that we learn and we progress. And if we're not learning and teaching our kids what we know about sexuality, we are doing a disservice to everyone. And I think, you know, that's another thing. If this is a great book to share with your daughters and with your sons, you know, when they hit an age that you feel comfortable talking about this stuff. I would say as early as 13 or 14, I would probably start discussing some of the stuff in this book. Because yeah, the, the puberty, I, the puberty phase is like the perfect time to do it. Yeah. You know? If, if I had had this book when I was 13, a lot of these things, I would, I would not understand everything, but it would have changed my life. The way that I looked at my body and the way that I dealt with men yeah. and the way that I, you know, there was, there's so many things that would have been different for me if I had had this information one of the things too, I don't. So, which, so you said you took one of these quizzes. There's the sexual temperament questionnaire. Yeah, that's the here. one I took. Okay, awesome. Um, I have not taken them yet, and I, only because I was trying to plow through reading this book. It's a pretty, it's a pretty big book. It's over. It's almost 400 pages. But what did you find when you took the questionnaire? Well, it's funny because. Uh, so for the inhibitors, it was interesting to like look at this stuff because I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. And it's funny because sometimes like, you know, there are consistencies, but then not like 
it's all about like how in in my head I am. Like if I am not in my head, I'm able to you know enjoy things sexually so much more. Right. And you know if I'm in my mind just like worried about stuff and I'm also just like just the title "Come as You Are" is mm-hmm. like it's such a great tagline to just keep in your head for you know when you are connecting with someone because you know if you're constantly worried about your body or this or that or do I smell you know did I need to shave today did I not you know what I mean all of these things they they can inhibit so I turns out I got a five out of 20 for inhibitors and I was trying to like look and look to see like what does that really mean? I guess it means I'm not as inhibited as, as could you be. Thought you might. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> as I thought I might be. But I also feel like, gosh, like can't there be more questions? I would like there to be more inhibitors question, um, Dr. Emily, please. There definitely could be for sure. <laughs> there could be more. But then for exciters, then I got a 16 out of 24. Um, okay. But I, I love that there's one question saying, seeing a partner doing something that shows his or her talent or intelligence or watching them interacting well with others can make me very sexually aroused. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like such a fun question to ask because like totally... Like, I mean, I can't tell you how many, I mean, Jesus, there are even times when I just see, I've seen someone, you know, like just in a really great outfit. Cause I love fashion, obviously, if we, as we've talked about before, you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't even have to be like, oh, it's designer, this, this and that. But like seeing someone like really well put together is such a turn on for me. Yes. <laughs> so I, yes. I love that she asked this question. Because I was just like, oh, my God. Or like, you know, Dave is um, he's like a math and science mind. Uh And he loved to just like wax poetic about math. And (laughs) seriously. And it's really cool because I'm just like, well, like, I can't believe like you see math that way. And then like you're making me see it this way. And it is it's it's like a it is a turn on because Absolutely. You know, it's kind of like you're right, like you're seeing into that person a little bit more and it's making you see into yourself too. like tap into this part of yourself that you didn't even know. And it's it's connection. So, yeah, I I do enjoy the exciters question a little bit more, but that makes sense because I got a higher score on the exciters uh, questionnaire. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And Um, so what? What she does here is she asks a series of questions and there's not a, there's not a ton of questions, but it's a sexual temperament questionnaire, your inhibitors and your exciters. And she just kind of, she asks us simple questions and then based on your score, she tells you kind of where you fall and it, it's fascinating because you know, I feel like as much of a spectrum as there can be, I feel like she does kind of nail down where you're at as far as how you respond sexually to things mm-hmm. pretty simply, you know, it's, it's, yeah. there's not, there's not so much of a spectrum here in figuring out, you know, 
you're either very easily highly aroused or it takes a little bit more work to get you going because you know that's that's not necessarily like you're not turned on that easily and that's what I think it's important for men and women to understand another thing she says in here is that lubrication is not causation and I loved mm. that I loved that because I think that men think and that this has been used in you know in rape cases too if a woman is wet that means she's turned on no no if my nipples are hard that means i'm cold not necessarily our bodies do things sometimes because that's what they're designed to do not because my brain told it to do that so to know right. these different kinds of ways that you might react sexually are different than the way someone else reacts, I think that's really important for women to understand that. If you're, because for years I had trouble having sex and enjoying sex because I had a tipped uterus and I didn't know that until I was much older and I thought something was wrong with me. I thought mm. I'm not enjoying sex because I was molested when I was little or I'm not enjoying sex because I'm not good at it or... I'm not enjoying sex because I don't trust men or I don't. Oh, well, I got the tipped uterus out. I enjoy sex. None of that other stuff was really real. But Hallelujah. I'm fi trying to figure out yes. all these reasons why. And the, the real reason was because there was something physically preventing me from really enjoying it. And the rest of the stuff was in my head. Me just trying to justify mm -hmm. it because I thought something was wrong with me. Um, right. And I just love that she really takes time to assure, no, there's nothing wrong with you. You need to figure out how your body works and how you respond to sex because it's different than how yes. other women respond to sex. And, you know, I just, I love that. And it's that. cool. It's, I, I feel like it's very important, which I also love about this book is like, it's very important to understand what you what you need you know what i mean and it's like a way to like look at what you need but it's also like figuring out again that communication of because like once you have the knowledge right then you feel more confident and then once right. you feel more confident you can communicate you know like oh okay like this is what i like like let's do this like you know um knowing how you can enjoy the experience is going to make you want to do it more right you know Absolutely. and like knowing that oh okay you know like i i know i know how i like to get to orgasm or sometimes i don't really feel like i want to put that pressure on myself you know what i mean sometimes yeah. i just want to like be together and and enjoy the intimacy rather than having you know like this big grand finale and yeah like getting that knowledge for yourself just builds so much more confidence because you just you know and you know that it's okay and then you know what you want and then when you know what you want you're like oh okay let me go get it you know right yeah one of the other things she talks about is attachment and how we attach in our attachment styles and this one really got me because there's she says there's like three kinds of styles of attachments there's secure attachment 
anxious attachment and avoidant attachment. So we, we attach differently. We don't just all feel an attraction and attach to a partner in the same way. And how you attach and knowing how you attach can affect the kind of partner that you're going to, that you're going to draw in, which. Oh, that's interesting. Kind of like in the five love languages, how, you know, he talks about knowing your love language is kind of important for you Mm -hmm. to be able to communicate what you need. But knowing your partner's love language is even more important Mm -hmm. because that's how Mm -hmm. you get the love you need is by talking their love language. So this attachment stuff, I was reading this and I'm like, I think I have anxious attachment, which is I'm afraid I will lose my partner's love. I worry that my partner will not want to stay with me. I worry that my partner doesn't really love me. I worry that romantic partners won't care about me as much as I care about them. And it's important to know these things because that's how I go into a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I believe that you manifest your thoughts So if I'm going into any kind of a relationship feeling that way, that's probably what's going to happen. Those are the things that are probably, that's going to be the the turnout, you know? So kind of identifying that so you know that you can work on it and change that and you can change those thoughts is really important. Another thing that I wanted to touch Mm -hmm. on in the book that I love is that she keeps revisiting throughout the entire book this little passage and it it's basically this so she says i am at risk slash i am safe i am broken slash i am whole i am lost slash i am home and that comes up in the book several times and she's basically just kind of driving home the fact that we can all feel both ways and it's okay at the same time yeah right we can feel both ways but that we have to remind ourselves and we have to reassure ourselves we are okay it's going to be okay you know we're whole we're safe we're home so when we feel those those things to keep reminding yourself that's just something you're telling yourself it's not necessarily the truth Right. And I really love that. She also kind of goes into going back to when you're a child and and really kind of identifying when you first started judging your own body and when you first started um, critiquing your own <laughs> body. And I think all women should do that because when was that moment when you were like, oh, I'm not as pretty as, or I'm not, you know, or maybe you didn't do that. I mean... I was blessed. I had really strong women in my life that my grandmother was very adverse to me looking at um, fashion magazines when I was little. She was very like, those women are not real. You know, that's not my grandmother. She was a very like meat and potatoes kind of lady. And she, you know, (laughs) she was just very like, you know, you be a woman in your own in your own skin, you be a woman in your own right. You do, you know, you're not going to be a supermodel. You don't have to be a supermodel. And then my mom was very like, women can be whatever they want to be. Women can be uh, as beautiful as they want to be or not. And it should be okay. 
So I was really blessed in having kind of differing, you know, two different kinds of approaches, but both I think mostly healthy in that I wasn't ever growing up. I wasn't ever like given messages that there was anything wrong with me because I've always been a chubby girl. You know, since I was probably about seven or eight, I've always, you know, been a bigger girl. And my, my mom loved me just the way I was. And my grandmother loved me just the way I was. And it was just more about health than anything. And I think... That's so funny. I got the opposite. I My growing up was like, not the opposite in the sense where like, you know, I was like put down all the time or said like, okay, women need to be this, this and that. Right. But it was very much like, you know, I would get made fun of because of my hair, because Mm -hmm. of how tall I was, you know, and it's funny because looking back at it now, like families have, you know, different ways of communicating love. And I feel like for me, it was this dysfunctional, just constantly just like throwing shade of like, oh my God, look at Alea, she's so burp, 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 you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. in a way, you know, they were just trying to, everyone just wanted to like laugh Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know, maybe it was hard to say, you know, like, oh, you, you look really pretty today or like, look at how beautifully tall you are. You know, my mom always gave like a, a lot of compliments and my mom, you know, ha- was kind of like the first voice of, um, just like, you know, f- empowering yourself as a woman, as you are. But yeah, it's it's really funny because my grandmother was very, very much into, you know, her body, her shape. She ate a certain way. And, you know, it was like always about being a lady. And that was something that I actually really loved when I was younger was, mm-hmm. you know, just like how how to be a lady and how to be graceful and how to sit a certain way and this, this and that. I was very much a tomboy as well. But I always had a lot of fun with that stuff. But yeah, is, isn't that just weird? I, it's funny because as you're talking about that with, you know, just like how your grandmother would say those women in the magazines aren't real. You know, my grandmother got me subscriptions for like all the fashion magazines. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't want to be any of those girls, really. I mean, I was just always into the artistic aspect of it. But it's very, very interesting. Like, I, I just re- think about, like, who, how would I think about myself now? Because I still struggle with self-deprecation. And that voice is very, very strong in my head. And I, every day, mm. I, I'm working on it. But mm-hmm. um, it's weird. It's very weird. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things she says in here is she talks about what if, we just from the get-go we're told you're okay Mm -hmm. like if that's the message you're okay what what kind of world when we just when we kind of take all of this away and we don't have to worry about any of the physical any of the aesthetic stuff and we're just we're okay and then we can focus on what's important um our relationships our our sex lives our our, the way that we represent our community, 
the the things that we do to make the world a better place. You know, she's like, we spend so much time uh, putting ourselves down. Time that mm-hmm. we could be spending doing so many other productive things. Yes, um, yes. And I just, you know, I loved that. And ultimately, I think, I don't know, I just feel like just about everybody should read this book. I think men and women can get just as much out of it because I think men deal with the same issues that women do in a lot of ways as far as their sexuality and it being too much or it not being enough or it be, you know, if they don't have a, if a man doesn't have a crazy sex drive, then maybe something's wrong with him. Um, Right. If a man has a crazy sex drive and wants to have sex with every woman he meets and something's wrong with him. No, we're all different. We're different. And not all men act a certain way and not all women act a certain way. Uh, I did want to say, though, about this book, too, with getting to know yourself sexually and like, you know, coming to a place where like, you know, you know yourself, you're confident. I also feel like this book can help for people to be more generous when with intimacy because I I feel like you know that's just a lot of what and it it is connected to you know like how the world works with just being really selfish Mm -hmm. and being just like oh my god you know I'm in this thing because of course like when you're feeling it like when you're feeling you know sexual and you know like you're getting that rush of warmth and all of your hormones are going wild and crazy it's super easy to just kind of ride that wave you know and i i'm sure a lot of people get into their heads and they're just kind of like okay it's about me this is how i'm feeling right now but i feel like this book can also help people to just learn to connect a little bit more intimately and like learn to give more Mm -hmm. um because like that that is really what is missing i i feel like you know with relationships that i have had in the past it was just kind of like you know selfish really really selfish lovers and even if you know Mm -hmm. it's like no matter how well endowed you are you know you give good good blow jobs or you know you're a really good kisser or you're you're great at massaging or whatever it is like when it came down to it, it was often just very, very self-serving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that it does. It it just it creates like a huge divide. Like when you're literally physically there, like inside of someone, or someone is inside of you. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> right. You know. Anyways, yeah. no, I agree, that and was I just think that it, I think it encourages people to realize that it, which is something that a lot of these books do, um, is that if you aren't, if if you aren't your authentic self, and I hate your authentic self, but if you're not your authentic self, if you're not showing up in what is your best. Like you be you and the rest will kind of fall into place. And that's really true. And I think she's encouraging us to take all of the masks off and figure out who we really are and what we really want. And I just, I love it. 
I, I also, you know, I like, she challenges a lot of the, she challenges a lot of the things that um, we grow up being told and that we believe. Mm. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about like arousal concordance and what, you know, what, what we think arouses us and what actually arouses us. And one of the things that I thought was fascinating that I read in here is really only about 30% of women orgasm from sex. Mm. So Mm -hmm. if we know that, if we know that that's, doesn't that take a lot of pressure off of women and men to like somehow feel like this is the only way that we're going to satisfy each other. This is the only way we're going to be pleased. This is the only way you can prove that, that you're, good at this or you know it's just it's fascinating to me so she says in here genital response is the automatic chain response to something that's sexually relevant pavlov's dogs salivated when a bell rang not because they wanted to eat the bell but because their expecting system had linked the bell with food similarly Mm -hmm. your emotional one ring has learned what's sexually relevant and your expecting system activates physiological responses to whatever it has learned is sexually relevant. A stimulus can be sexually relevant and yet be sexually unappealing. And so I thought that that was interesting because all of the things that are supposed to turn us on just might not. But we go ahead and pretend that they do right. out of some kind of like, right. oh, I feel obligated to be like everybody else and to say that this turns me on when it might not. You know, there are men who actually don't like getting blowjobs. Mm-hmm. You know, you can mm-hmm. ask your lover, do you enjoy this? Um, there are women who don't like receiving head either. There are, you know, there's just, there's so much that we could just, you know, ask each other, just ask the questions and see. But instead we dive in and we do these things and when they fail or the person doesn't respond the way we think they should, we think there's something wrong with us or there's something wrong with them. And it's just, it's not the case. So some of the reviews, mostly she has an 82% five-star rating on Amazon. Okay. Which is pretty darn good. It's probably like the highest as far as, you know, most to hit about a 70%. But she said, uh, this one woman, she says, I want to hand this book out like gospel tracks on street corners. Uh, have you heard the good news? You're normal. Also, you're probably not built like a dude. So don't be surprised that you don't function like one. Take this, read this, make your partner read it, leave it lying around so someone can steal it and find out they're okay too. This one says, come as you are has been the greatest book on sexuality that I've ever picked up. I'm a clinical counseling graduate student and have found a fascination in human sexuality. This book is amazing. Not only does it fulfill my student needs in regards to being able to learn from a clinical perspective, but it also fulfills my womanly, wifely needs too. Arousal and desire and the science between those have been an interest of mine, but it's rare for me to gain insight for my own personal needs. This person says, this is, this is from a man, the book on women's sexuality that every man should read. Mm. For the men out there who love women, here's a book that takes a lot of mystery out of women's sexuality. We really wouldn't want to take all the mystery away, would we? Emily Nagoski is a self-described sex nerd with the credentials, experience, and writing chops to back up that claim. Guys, you're going to love this read. 
So here's some of the one-star reviews, which I always find fascinating when a book is clearly like a huge hit. Yes, There's always yes. those people. So this guy says it's snarky and cute and not much substance. Okay. Oh, my God. I know. it. I get so angry. I'm like, what Ugh. are you talking about? Did you read the book? It says this book is a bunch of bullet points that should be a pamphlet filled out by cuteness and snark. Pretty annoying combination. I'm, I'm sorry, did you did we read the same book? Because I don't think she's being cutesy at all. There's nothing snarky about this book. She's putting it out there. You know, it's like when somebody tells you that you're passive aggressive when you've just been completely honest with them. Like, <laughs> that's, that's not passive aggressive. That's me telling you exactly how I feel and you not knowing how to process it. And that's exactly. what I think this book is for people that have an issue with it. Or also, person, too, it's funny when I when I read those reviews, though, sometimes like I like the dramatist in my mind is like, oh, my God, like what happened? Like right. was this guy at her speaking event one day and, you know, maybe he said something just grossly rude and disrespectful and she checked him for it and like maybe this is his way of getting back because it's also like it just there's no basis for it it's clearly the opposite of what everyone else thinks yeah this is the most hilarious one to me of a one-star review unfortunately Mm -hmm. offensive the biological information is helpful the liberal slant is offensive i stopped after a couple of chapters wow I believe in love and sex with morality. Not anything goes. I'm like, um. Wow. I'm sorry. Uh, the liberal slant. What is the liberal slant? She's talking about women's bodies. Is that why it's liberal? Because we're we're talking about sex. We're talking about what women like in bed. We're talking about what makes men and women tick. Why is that liberal? Was that a male or a female review? Huh? Uh, was that a... It just says C. Or is there any way to tell? It's just, I, I can't tell if it's a man or a woman. It's just an initial. Damn it. Well, and but you that know what's be- really... There's such a, that's such a double standard in that review because uh-huh. that person is basically saying... Um, it's okay for me to have my beliefs and what I want, but right. no one else can feel how they want to feel. Just me. And if they do, they're liberal. <laughs> right. I mean, what, uh, what kind of critique is that? Because the book is not, I don't think there's a liberal slant to this book. I think she's just putting women's sexuality out there. Um, and she's asking people to see it differently. There's nothing liberal about that. That's just education. You know, I just, I get so tired of these, these liberal, these attacks on liberalism that it's like, this is not what you should be attacking about liberalism if you're going to attack something. Um, right. This is not, this is just knowledge. So if you want it's to just, equate knowledge biology, with biology, yeah, right, exactly, exactly. It's literally science. And you are offended by that. Okay. Okay. 
Alrighty. But those are those people exist, unfortunately. Yeah. No, and they're always going well, to and people are entitled to their opinion, but I just <laughs> I just wish your opinion yes, was course. more educated and I don't think you really read the book or gave it a chance if that's your feedback. Right. Um Here's just a real quick article. Uh, I will link all of these, but there's seven sex education lessons from Come As You Are, uh, and I'm just going to go over the the one, the just the the you know the the what am I trying to say? Just the bullet points. There's a very wide range of women's sexual normacy. There's probably never going to be a pink pill. Women haven't developed a very thorough knowledge of their own bodies. Desire for sex is very sensitive to context. There's a dual control model of sexual response. If we want to change the on and offs, we have to relearn. There are ways to treat pain during sex. So uh, I'll share this article as well. I really like this article because it just kind of breaks down the actual sexual education lessons that, that the book really like focuses on. And so if somebody just kind of wants a, just an overview of it before they dive in, this is a great article to read. So ultimately I absolutely recommend this book. Absolutely. A hundred percent without hesitation. I think that everyone should read it and you know, you can get it on Amazon. You can, you can buy it used, like do whatever you've got to do, but get it because I think it'll yes. just, I think it'll change the way you see your body and your own sexuality. Yes. And it's also like we, we have to let go of the, the negative stigma about sex and sexuality and getting to know our bodies. Like it, it's not a bad thing to get to know yourself. And yeah. to get to know what you need intimately, it's actually a really good thing. And it could save your, it could save your marriage or if, or if your relationship or where, wherever you're at with that, you know, like it can actually make your connections go further. It's boundless, really. Yeah. No, it is. I think the book, it, another thing that I wanted to bring up too is that the book she kind of she touches on sexual trauma and she touches on you know if we changed the way that we saw the the difference between men's sexuality and women's sexuality if we changed that we could probably tackle our our sexual assault problem we could tackle using sex as a weapon against women we don't use sex as a weapon against men we literally use it as a weapon against women and uh, and I mean that in a context of assault and of war. I mean, sex is a weapon of war. Rape and, and assault are weapons of war. They use mm -hmm. sex against women to control populations. And I think if we would change the way that we see it and the way that, you know, we perceive women's sexuality going back to the very beginning of the Bible and Eve and the thought, you know, the idea that she's this, she's this wanton woman who, who, um, you know, she, <laughs> she tempts Adam, you know, it's like, no, mm. 
those guys, they both wanted to have sex. Mm-hmm. You know, stop making it. Stop saying that men are hypersexual and men are such great lovers and then turn around and say, well, it's women's fault for seducing a man. Right. You know, it's it's a woman's fault for like being attractive. It's a woman's fault for, no, that we both enjoy sex and want sex and we both need to have it in order to like continue the species. So I just, I don't know. I, I, I think that the book, is really kind of deals with so much. It, it touches on so many topics. And she's just really done a great service for for men and women by writing it. So go buy this book. Turn off the podcast right now and go buy the book. Buy it. Not, not you. You don't have to because <laughs> we've already gone over it. But anybody who's listening, go do that. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, well, I think that's about all I got to say about that. I loved it. I'm so glad that you spent this time with me today. Thank you so much for having me and letting me share my thoughts, views, and stories. Of Um, course. I loved, I loved it. It's so much fun. I'd love (laughs) to do it again. I would love to have you back. We're going to be having all kinds of guests coming up. So absolutely, we'll invite you back. And I'm going to be opening it up as far as the book goes once we finish the season with all of the kind of sex books. I'm going to open up, you know, the possibilities as far as what books. Because now I've kind of, we've gone over like the most popular relationship books. And now we've tackled some of the most popular sex books. So I just kind of want to, there's, there's so many more books out there that we haven't even gotten to yet. So definitely we'll have you back. And if you have a book that you want to share, just let me know and we'll, we'll do that one. All right. And I would love to. (laughs) Well, you enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, Listeners, obviously, if you have any questions or comments, concerns, please email us at landyourman at gmail.com. And please follow us on Instagram, Spotify, iTunes. Also, your uh, review of the podcast helps us build our audience. So if you like the podcast, please go and give us five stars. Uh, It means the world to us and it just helps us build and grow and get this information out there. So we appreciate your support. And Alea, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Carla. Love you. I love you. Bye. 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 Land Your Man podcast is a subsidiary of nothing and is produced in association with no one other than Carla Nell and Delia Knight.